Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. 3 o'clock hour here on the Saturday show. Adrian Leiser, Jake Hatch with you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at APLeiser and at Jacob C. Hatch. Don't miss Jake on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Um, he will get you all the information you need early in the week. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you hear about it, he does a great job. Well, I appreciate that. It's fun. We we have a good time with it. We've got a guy, call him our practice insider, passing uh, along tidbits early in the week that if you listen to the podcast, you would have yes. known about BYU's offensive line shuffle on a Wednesday. And I don't take too kindly to people talking heat. It's all good. It is what it Not is. Not to me. It's all right. Anyways. Will, they, this person shall rename, remain nameless. But anyway, yeah. uh, Jake does an incredible job on that. Also uh, does soccer podcasting as well as RSL is headed to the postseason, Jake. Three seed. Uh, with the three seeds, so they got kind of a couple things to fall their way last week, including a victory. So yep, they're off this weekend. The playoffs start next week. Is that, they're going to get a home game, right? Saturday night they host the Portland Timbers, eight o'clock. Ooh, that's a PNW West rivalry showdown. Yep, exactly. So, um, Jake, last night we were talking about it before the break. Uh, the Jazz they go on the road to New Orleans, see an old friend of Derek Favors and a new look New Orleans team. As uh, they started with five guys who did not play for the team last season, so Correct. a lot of uh, new, fresh faces out there for the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, it's good to see Derek Favors again. He only played eleven minutes last night, but he's been nursing a bit of an injury. But the story of the night was Zion Williamson, obviously his first home game, and he, you know, did his thing nine to twelve, one for one from three. Hit seven free throws. I didn't think he looked very good on defense, but offensively he made some things work. But the whole, I mean, this he totally this thing going on Twitter about how he played outplayed Rudy was comical there's, at best. There's but, two highlights where he scores. People take that as like right two highlights. It's like and the one that he did the put put back jam on yeah. the Rudy was already in the air yeah. playing defense, altered the shot, and he happened to be able. So it, he was not he was fine last night, but I <laughs> uh, uh, he's you know. He's going to be the story for the Pelicans. And at 26 points, you can't, can't downplay that at all. But no. the story was Zion, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, uh, and uh, De- Derek Favors. I thought they got a really nice night out of Alexander Walker, who was uh, also a fellow rookie. But for the Jazz, uh, we got our first taste of the starting, maybe the starting five, um, I would, with Royce O'Neal in there. This has been yeah. a... a much debated topic. Much debated topic. ESPN has him and Bogdanovich listed as uh, small forwards. I've seen uh, uh, Tony Jones. I saw him talking about how Royce O'Neal is playing the four. Um, and so that's, you know, the conversation has been what position is he playing, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe it does as far as defensively. And Royce is a guy we saw last year, Jake, and you talked about mm-hmm. it a lot in the playoffs, the fact that he is strong enough to hold up against a lot of these fours out there, especially in this new look NBA and uh, Bogdanovich is, it sounds like he's more comfortable playing that three position. Uh, but anyway, the starters, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, O'Neal, and Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. all starters in double digits. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell led the way with minutes at 27. He had 10 points on the night. Uh, but 
really we got our first taste of what that offense will look like with that group. And uh, shocker, it looks pretty good, Jake. And well, that shocker is not uh, – that's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. We kind of thought it would look pretty good, and it looked pretty good. And there were a lot, a lot of open looks for the Jazz. Uh, David was talking on the broadcast about how – uh, statistically, Mike Conley only got 99 open threes last season. Okay. Um, or in the last season he played gotcha. fully. Okay, yeah. And uh, he got four last night. Well. Already. Yeah. Expand that out to 82 games, and you're talking about just Mike Conley alone getting more looks, and he was three of five from downtown. So, really, the offense looked very good last night in this new look, and we kind of got a taste of – Maybe some questions were maybe answered about what it was going to look yeah, like. Yeah, well, you see Mike Conley, 13 points, 7 assists. Donovan Mitchell, 10 points and 7 assists. Yeah. This is an offense Assist, that apparently time. is going to move the ball mm-hmm. a lot. 35, 37 assists on the night as a team overall for the Jazz. I really liked what we showed, and I talked about this earlier on the show before you got here, Adrian. I don't care what – okay, they can put Royce O'Neal as a small forward. They can have um, – they've got Jeff Green as a small forward. They've got all these guys listed as small forwards. I think the Jazz this year are truly going for positionless basketball in the slots outside of Rudy Gobert. And Mike Conley. Probably outside. Mike Conley, 6'1". Donovan Mitchell, 6'3". I've always been in the argument that the positionless basketball works best in the 2, 3, and 4 slot. Oh, yeah, the but wings, yeah. It's really nice to have a traditional point guard in a guy like Mike Conley yeah. and a, in this sense, traditional center in Rudy Gobert. Who I would agree. He uh, Maybe he doesn't have that extended game but he's so dominant anyway that i don't it doesn't matter to me but if, if you, you can, want to call him yeah. traditional go for it but, but if you can a bring a center. wave of boyan yeah. bogdanovich royce totally. o'neill george niang stanton kid joe wingles uh jarell brantley jeff green i'm running down name after name after name if you can bring waves of those guys on the wings of the two three and four slots yes. alongside yeah you're more of a traditional point guard and a, and a centerpiece in your in your at your center position a guy who's a bedrock of your defense I like what the Jazz showed last night. And to that, to the positionless thing, they uh-huh. did have a lot of guys bringing the ball up the floor last night. They did, yeah. Well, I saw, I saw Rudy um, even did once. Yeah, Jeff Green brought the ball up like off of an inbound. Yeah. at one point, I'm sitting there, I'm like, they just go on yeah. here, but they're they're okay with it. They feel like they have got a roster. It appears that they feel like all these guys can initiate the offense, and that is a great sign because there were points last year. You knew that there were two or three guys on this team who were going to get the ball and they were going to initiate the offense. If you have four guys on the court who you feel comfortable initiating the offense with, game in and game out with the Jazz, that makes that offense so much more hard, so much harder to defend. And last week we talked right before they hosted the 36ers. We were hoping for that night to see this yes. group out there on the mm-hmm. court, but we didn't unfortunately get to see that. But the question was, and one that's been batted around in the offseason. Is the system amazing, or were the teams leaving players open? Certain players. And there was the argument for both sides. The system's so good, but it just always ended up being Jay Crowder who was open, blah, 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 yeah. or Ricky Rubio. But I think last night we saw, dang, the system's pretty good. Yeah. Because the guys who were open were guys who will be able to hit those shots more consistently, like a Mike Conley who was wide open, found mm-hmm. himself over and over. Royce O'Neal found himself over and over open again from three. He was four of six from downtown last night. And he's improved his three-point shots significantly. Big time, and that'll be huge for him. Uh, Bogdanovich hit three threes last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan hit a couple. He was two of six, but he hit a couple of nice shots last night, four of 11. His is still efficiency is what we want to see out of him, at least in my opinion. But... Um, and he didn't get to the line, but that's whatever. That stuff will come along. But I think the system showed last night that 
there's going to be a lot of guys getting open looks. Yeah, a they, lot. Yeah, they can really, uh, they can really attack teams the way I think mm-hmm. that Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff have wanted to attack since day one. Since almost. day one, yeah. But they, now it's not. Um, you're not limited this year. It's not Elijah Millsap taking corner threes. It's now Bojan Bogdanovic. No Joe offense e- to Elijah. Or Joe Ingles. Or Joe Ingles, yeah. Jeff Green even to a degree. Joe had eight assists last night yeah. off the bench, of course. Didn't play starter, but played off the bench. And he's a guy, he'll tell you, he's more comfortable doing whatever the role is that mm-hmm. the team needs him to be. He's totally so. okay. Just As long as they win, that's all he really yep. cares about. He cares about wins. And that's the nice part about this team. It's a pretty selfless team. If I'm you not, get sorry, if you get yeah. two guys, one guy off the bench, Joe Ingles, who's dishing out eight assists, mm-hmm. and one guy off the bench, and Jeff Green, who will be in the rotation, well, that's what I want with to talk twenty about. points going eight of nine, two of three from downtown. At least your seven deeps looking pretty nice, and then you still can add a guy like George Niang, and whoever they decide to go deeper, and of course Ed Davis. Yeah. So Jeff Green, at thirty-three years old, you would think he's slowing down. But he is he still smooth, man. he is still a smooth elite athlete mm-hmm. that we have seen his entire career. He's a guy, Adrian, and I'm not I, college football and NFL are more of my sports or the sports I love. I love watching the NBA as well to a large degree. Jeff Green's a guy I've always enjoyed watching his entire yeah, career. Yeah, and it just boggles my mind how many times he's been just like he's bounced around so much, yeah. and he's just been such a solid NBA. And unfortunately for some guys, that's just how it works in their career. But he's still like obviously. Working hard, still a professional out there, and 20 points, Jake, that is monstrous. Yes, and he's going to go out, and he is going to be a very versatile piece of what the Jazz are going to do on offense this year because he has the ability, you mentioned, he was 2 or 3 from downtown, but he's also, his footwork when he goes to the rim is sublime. It is awesome mm-hmm. to see because he's just a smooth athlete. He goes in, around, and over guys and just scores the basketball. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it feels like Jeff Green, and this is probably not a completely fair comparison because, well, maybe it is actually because Joe Johnson's now back in the NBA after what he did in the Big Three this yeah, past year. I love that. I love but, that the Big Three got Joe Johnson back in the league. But Jeff Green, I think, is going to have that Joe Johnson role for the Utah Jazz this year. That, uh, that bench scorer who can come up in critical moments and get you points because, guess what? He's been around this league. He's played against everybody. He's 33 years old. I feel like he's actually even better than Joe Johnson in terms of it looks like right now his ability to move around the court. I feel like Joe Johnson, he was slowing down a bit here with he the He was, Jazz. and Joe was a lot better. It's just no, ISO Joe is a yeah pure score. He was yeah. a scoring guy, and but I, I agree with you. Maybe he can fill, Jeff Green can maybe fill that role. And then, you know, you're like we were talking about, they're trying to wrap out the rest of mm-hmm. who's going to get minutes. Who if Moutier, it's not, I've been told that there's some really unique ways that Quinn Snyder, Coach Snyder, has figured out how to use him. But they need to get him on the court. Yeah, and let's see if he can get in there. And I, I, I think Moutier or Exum, whoever emerges from that, mm-hmm. whoever can, you know, Exum when he, when he gets back, I'll, I'll make my judgments then. I, I can't say I yeah. expect a lot out of him just because of what has plagued him his career, which has been injuries. So. And when he's been in there, he just hasn't quite gotten a rhythm. Not fair. Yeah. But also the reality. Yeah. And so who can emerge? Exum, Mudio, maybe both of them. You've got Mie Oni, who I think is going to, uh, has certainly solidified a spot on this team. I think he is a really nice piece. Ironically, the last guy, the guy they traded back into the draft to get, has kind of emerged as the guy who maybe solidified. So we'll see who can can round out that roster. But I, I like what they've got in the bench. Has is the question mark, 
But if they can get Jeff Green and Ingles playing like that, they might be just okay. Or they might be just fine. Not just okay, but they might be just fine. Yeah. And that's huge because adding $30 million to your payroll, adding all these high-value guys, this is what happens is you have to hope that you've rounded out your bench in a solid way by being more frugal because well, all the money's going somewhere else. Today we just got news, Jazz PR announcing this earlier today, Kyle Collinsworth has been signed by the Utah Jazz to a training yeah. camp deal. Um, it sounds like so Tony Jones, who covers the Jazz for the Athletic, does a great job. Yep. His league sources, he said, say that the deal is a training camp deal with an eye to keep Collinsworth with the Salt Lake City Stars once training camp ends. But he added a caveat that the 15th spot on this roster, which was kind of the battle between Stanton Kidd and William Howard, kind of the two guys mm-hmm. who were thought to be battling for that spot, they're going to give Kyle Collinsworth a chance to earn that spot during training camp as well. He's behind, what, he's behind the eight ball right now because he's just joining the team, but that's cool to see that he's getting the opportunity, the former BYU star coming home and getting a chance with his hometown team. Yep, and uh, you know he's a guy who's had NBA experience and yes. had some success in the with NBA. With the Mavericks, yeah. And the Mavericks always liked him. Yep. And Not went, sure what happened there. Where He spent last year with the Raptors 905 up yeah. there in, in Ontario. Yeah, so he's a guy who has been on the court for NBA games. Mm-hmm. He maybe has an advantage in that sense. Yeah. So. And, I don't mind. I mean, yeah. whatever. If you're bringing in a guy who can round out your roster, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And maybe he plays for the Stars at, in, his, at, at in worst, his home state. Yeah, at, at worst. worst yeah. He's playing for the Salt Lake City Stars. If they keep him on a two-way deal potentially after training camp, he could play some games with the Jazz this year if he continues to develop. I think it's just a cool storyline to see a yeah. former BYU guy now back with the Utah Jazz because, let's be real, Salt Lake City Stars, that's going to help them sell tickets. There are going to be BYU fans who want to see Collinsworth play. And now that he's playing right here, and let's be real, the tickets to go to Stars games, fantastic deal. Oh, I, and I think the Stars are going to be good. Oh, yeah, like, they, they've good got some year. good pieces. Yeah. So, it's a, uh, it's I know, a fun uh, opportunity. Martin Schuller was down at the game last night, so Correct. he's watching Jarrell Brantley. He's watching these guys. Always oh, keep an eye on all yeah, of this. Yeah. He's watching them f- finish things out. And, uh, you know, Jarrell it got that goaltending at the end, but whatever, love the fact that he went for the play. Okay, you tweeted this, and I thought I had the same thought. You see how high he got Homeboy got so up? up there? Yeah, there's no reason he should have touched it anyway. It probably wasn't going in, but yeah, he but got up, whatever. Holy smokes. That was an effort play. and Honestly, watching the replay, I, they went with call stance. Mm-hmm. I could have seen it gone either way. Yeah, Jarrell so. Brantley. So I, was, I went downstairs during Jazz Media Day, and he was walking around, and he walked past me, and I didn't recognize who was it. He could be starting at a middle linebacker anywhere, too. Holy he's a He's built. He is a thick human being. Yeah. He is, he's strong. He's got an NBA body. There's no doubt about that. Like In terms of the new guys that joined the team, yeah. Mie Oni's probably got the athleticism to be, an, to be an NBA rotation player, I feel like. He's just got the ability. In terms of just an NBA body, yeah. that's Jarrell Brantley. Yeah, so, and he's on a two-way deal, so he's not going anywhere yeah. as far as the program goes. So. If you uh, get a chance to go down for some Stars games, I think they're going to be pretty dang good. Yeah, it should be a fun year. How about on the uh, – well, let's take a break. How about on the other side we kind of make our picks about each conference, kind of where okay. we think they're going to shake out. Yeah. Uh, the West is going to be very interesting. So we'll start with the East and kind of make our – East is much easier to Picks, pick. but, you know, it's – the, the it, you think it's hard to make predictions of college football. Yeah. Jeez, is it hard to make predictions for 82 games. So maybe we just kind of see – who comes out, makes the playoffs in the West and the East. It's always fun just to prognosticate hey, we have, a little we bit. We have preseason um, r- r- rankings. From yes, ESPN does have the current standings <laughs> in the NBA. Your Brooklyn Nets, number one in the Eastern Conference at 3-0 and in a 
Six-way tie for first. I like it. And uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, who uh, maybe might find their way into the final eight down the stretch. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk about that Real next. quick, though, did oh. you were you worried about at all about the defense last night, or was it just two teams going at it? It was I a high-scored like affair. Yeah, I thought it was one of those games just back and forth, elite offenses attacking one another, because yeah. I really feel like New Orleans, they're going to challenge for a playoff spot this year. Yeah. If, if Zion can go can only miss one shot a night like yeah. he's done a couple times in a row. Even if it's 12 of 13, he's got 25 points. He's not going to keep up with that towards shooting pace, but if he continues to contribute at a high level. But if they're all dunks, that's what he does. He did hit a three last night. When yeah, when you're in But the, his shot chart is pretty much If it's the restricted the area, yeah, you're going to have a high percentage. Yep. There's so, no doubt about it. And he a oh man, he is a guy that 285 pounds that can do it. Oh, yeah. He does. Is it amazing he weighs more than Steven Adams? It is kind of crazy. But you see him play and he he moves as well as a guy fifty yeah. pounds lighter than he yep. is. Six seven or what? Six six? Whatever you want to. Yeah. Whatever they. What are the to, What are the official measurements anymore? I think they have him at six six, but okay. who knows? Regardless. Regardless. So we'll, let's get into that. Coming up on the other side, we'll also let you know what's going on in the BYU game as they are mm-hmm. down in Tampa, taking out South. Off, they just kick off the second. Kicking half. off the second half. So we'll let you know how that's going. That's all coming up here on the Saturday show, brought to you by Stockton Twelve Honda. 10860 South Automall Drive. Our good friends down there. Go check it out. New and certified pre-owned Hondas for your liking. And they always do a great job helping our listeners out. So make sure you check those guys out down there. Uh coming up next on the Saturday show, NBA picks here on the Zone Sports Network. It may be the weekend. But there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Leiser and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show. I'm Jay Cash. He is Adrian Lizer. Thanks for joining us on a Saturday afternoon. Adrian, we said before the break, we're going to try and make some of our picks for the upcoming NBA season. Uh, about, what are we, 10 days away from the Jazz opening the regular season? On Something like that, Wednesday yeah. night against Oklahoma City Thunder, which is... The 23rd, right? Uh, 23rd, correct. Oh, so we've got about... 10 days. 10 days, yeah. Okay. 10, 12 days. All right, so it's coming quick, and we wanted to take a minute and talk about what we think is going to happen this upcoming NBA season. And I'm not going to lie, Adrian, I look at the Western Conference, and I see one team for sure that I'm going to say is not a playoff contender. I feel like they're still maybe a year or so away, and that is the Phoenix Suns. And outside of that, I'm not sure. Uh, I would put the Timberwolves in that character. In you that think category, think so? okay. I think I just don't trust them to ever do anything good. But I'm with you. Without Jimmy Butler. What? Without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and they, I mean, what has Carl Anthony Towns done for them, really? What has Andrew That's Wiggins true. really done for them? So uh, they might not be very good. But those are the two that I'm with you, the Suns and the Timberwolves that are the definite no's. Probably the Grizzlies. They might be a year too early, too. Um, but other than that, you know, teams like the Kings – the Mavericks, the Spurs, maybe. Yeah. They're kind of the Thunder, I think, are going to be on that edge battling for the 9, 10, 11, 12 spots. But they're, the rest of the teams, I think, but I think every night's going to be a, a bloodbath. And I think it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty good. Um, I think my, my one seed is, I think, it's going to be the Clippers. 
I would I would yeah. say that's probably the team that I think we can agree that, that I had see, the best offseason. Yeah. That is a team that could be historically good at defense. Uh-huh. You're talking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly on the outside that are going to be able to just kind of you're <laughs> going to be able to just shut down whoever you want yeah. on the perimeter. Uh, it's a Montrez Harrell. Does he play for them now? He yeah, does. and yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember where he was. He was with he was Houston with, before, yeah, and then he ended up in in LA, and he's bit. been there, and he's he's come on pretty well. So I I think they've got some a ton of great pieces. Obviously, you got Lou Williams, yeah, and so I I like the Clippers. I like the Lakers to make a big jump back into the playoffs. I think with that mm-hmm. much talent. I'm going to give the Lakers my two seed. Maybe I just believe in LeBron James too much. You're pretty much going chalk with what I think most people are thinking. I think those two, and then it gets interesting. I'm going to put the Jazz at the three. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Denver four, Houston five, Golden State six, and then it's going to be that's seven, eight. I think Portland's going to find their way back into it as well. Mm -hmm. And then I think you might end up seeing – the New Orleans Pelicans at that eight seed. Okay, they might sneak their way into the playoffs. Could be even higher, but I think those are my eight. I'm not going to get like the Spurs. I don't think the Spurs are going to get in. I was going to say you, you're knocking Greg Popovich and company yeah, out. I think, but I think it's going to be so close at the bottom. Well, because I, think I like Dallas be close, too. Period. I think Doncic and Porzingis could be mm-hmm. something special. Yeah, and uh, the Spurs they always find a way to get into the playoffs. So, and I like the Kings. I don't think that maybe they're not playoff ready but yeah. i like their pieces i really enjoy watching De'Aaron fox play basketball so well, we all know that uh there are going to be injuries that are going to affect this at some point and you, you hate to see injuries decimate a team but i think there's gonna be at least one team that is going to have injuries that are going to hurt them this upcoming season i'm not i don't i'm not going to try and say who i think it's going to be but there's going to be a team that we're going to think is going to be really good something's going to happen and they're going to fall down I, I pretty much guarantee that's going to happen. And then maybe you got a team like Golden State, who if Steph's going to put forty points in twenty five minutes, like if he believes that he has to go MVP on us, yeah, which he is capable of doing because he's done it before and he's maybe the best shooter to ever play the game. Oh yeah. If he's a guy who decides to carry a team that's a little weak to a six seed or a five seed even, and all of a sudden, I know there's some arguments whether or not Clay Thompson can get back healthy. A lot of people don't believe he can. He might be able to, and if Clay Thompson comes back at all good, all of a sudden that Warriors team is a team you don't want to see. Yeah, it, you just it. You look at it, and yeah, I'm with you. I think the Clippers are probably the best team in the West, and just on paper right now, mm-hmm. I, I would bet them as my number one seed. But I'm not going to lie; I feel like there are three or four teams, and I'm including the Utah Jazz in that discussion, that I think could end up as the one seed in the West, just because. This is going to be a Western Conference that is going to beat up each other every night. I talked about this, uh, so the segment before you got here, I talked a lot about the Jazz. This upcoming season, when you play a team, let's say, that uh, is an Eastern Conference team in the lower half of the Eastern Conference, those games are going to be critical come playoff time because one or two wins or one or two losses either way for a team could mean the difference between you having home court advantage in the playoffs and you opening the playoffs on the road or moving up and down seeds. And it could be one or two games because I feel like the Western Conference, night in and night out, they are absolutely going to dominate each other. And you're going to see teams like Dallas beat teams like the Clippers. Yeah, and I, I'm actually though to that point. I uh-huh. wonder the value of seeding this year, though. Yeah, 
because to that point, if everybody can beat everybody, it may not just be, it may just end up being, you know, eight teams shoved together and just shot out of a cannon and we see what happens. Yeah, that's true. And then you hope you get a good matchup because I don't, because I don't know if a one seed this year versus an eight seed is going to be a complete dominant sweep necessarily, or even a three, six, two, seven. I, I think that any team is going to be able to beat any team in the playoffs in the Western Conference. Yeah, no, it, it's and I'm not true. breaking any news, but no. I think I think that maybe you know it's critical to not let those streaks happen so that you don't put yourselves in, you know, in wayward territory. Yeah, so you, you look at it now and bringing it close to home with the Utah Jazz this year, they've got to make sure that they don't, they can't have off nights when they are favored mm-hmm. against teams that they should beat, and I know that. Th- that's going to happen. I, I'm not going to say that they're not going to have that happen, but I'm telling you, those wins and these are going to, it's going to go for all Western Conference teams, Adrian. Because I feel like there are ten teams who have legitimate playoff aspirations at least in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and one or two nights where you just show up and you say, you know what, let's just run it out there. Well, that loss, if you just you have an off night and you you lose a game, that can be the difference between some of these teams in the, at that lower part of the playoffs, the six, seven, eight, nine, ten seeds. You making the playoffs, and then you going home early for the summer. And what? That's it's, yeah. it's hard to keep yourself engaged for 82 games. Let's be real about that. But this year, if you want to be a Western Conference playoff team, you absolutely have to be locked in night in and night out. Yeah, you got to be locked in. I wouldn't worry so much about the seeding if it's too, if you're up there in the top half. It's more about being locked in every night, right? Because we you can't go on those long streaks. Yeah. But is there a is there a team or a couple of teams that you have? You have the biggest question marks, or you're most interested in watching? Because, like for me, I'm looking at teams like because there's so many new faces. So I guess they're yeah. all really interesting to yeah, watch. Yeah, that's just the interesting part about it, is all the new faces in new places. And but so maybe it's is, are there certain players you're interested to watch play next to each other? Cause, I'm not gonna lie, I want to see the um, Zion Williams and Derek Favors combo for New Orleans. And that's just down low. Just yeah, I just want to see how they coexist because you know you know a lot of people don't talk about that, but I think that's because Derek's now going to be playing. Everyone's yeah. concentrating on Westbrook and Harden and stuff, but I I think you bring up a good point. Yeah, Zion I, and Derek down low. I feel like that's a good combo. I do want to see Derek Favors now playing. Let's say most starters in the NBA anymore, it's thirty-two to thirty-five minutes a game at a set position. Too. At a set position, mm-hmm. I want to see how his body holds up over an eighty-two game season. And also, once he's Zion, he's, he's a rookie. He's only played probably AAU. He's probably made no more than 50 games in his season, I would guess. Maybe a few more than that. Maybe, yeah. We'll see if he Maybe, holds up. Yeah. We'll see if he holds up in that regard. But I feel like this is a big opportunity for guys like that to show up. I'm interested to see how the combo of James Harden and Russell Westbrook coexists in Houston. Because be Like, real. could that be good? It could be either direction. Oh, yeah. It just it. Because what if it works so well that they're just all of a sudden the team to beat? But right. it could just, yeah. it might just, just. But these are two guys who have usage But it could rates. take one bad game, yeah. like one game where the other doesn't get to shoot the final shot or something. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden it's imploded. Well, and the usage rates for these guys are oh, yeah. through the roof. And that's the interesting part is, okay, who's taking a step back on that Houston roster to allow the usage rate that Russell Westbrook enjoys and has enjoyed in his career to continue? I know he'll, also James, he'll, he'll the, take, the highest usage in yeah, the NBA, right? exactly. So I I look at it and it's a it you just there's so many different moving parts. So that combo I'm interested to watch, and another one I'm interested in. This is a team that I think might be a little more off the radar as well. Is I want to see Luka Doncic and uh, 
Christoph Porzingis. Because Porzingis, yeah. Porzingis hasn't played in the NBA in what? It's been 18 months, it feels like. Has, he's had a nice preseason, but yeah, yes. yeah, he's been out hurt. Yeah, he had the ACL reconstruction. I want to see him and Christoph Porzingis, as well as the rest of the Mavericks, how that unit works. Rick Carlisle, I still feel like, is one of the top coaches in the NBA. There's, Certainly. You don't last that long with the franchise and go through two rebuilding efforts if you're not. Let's be real. Yeah, if they don't believe that you yeah. are one of the best. So that that. I'm totally with you on the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. They were a team that I thought if they could pull off one more major free agent, they would have been really scary. Because there yes. was there was rumors of Kemba yeah. going down there. There was rumors of um, many people, uh, not many, but a few big names heading down that way to maybe have interest. So I'm totally with you on that. I want to see if LeBron enters like the period of his career where maybe he acquiesces a little more. And Correct. Let's, let's Anthony Davis, who is a star, but... I, I want to see how he looks on a good team and with you know big time players next to him. Maybe they thought that could be it with Demarcus Cousins, and it just didn't end up being that way because he had such a strong fall yeah. off in yep. his career. He did. Um, but uh, there's there's just so many new duos. It seems that are. Yeah. I, I wish Kevin Durant was healthy because I would love to watch what he and Kyrie could get done. Well, okay, this year. what about even Chris Paul and Steven Adams in Oklahoma City? Yeah, I I don't think think of them as a threat, but they might but, win some games. But think about it, just those two working together. Yeah, that's a combo that's interesting because Steven Adams is a great lob player, and guess what? Chris Paul, for everything else that he's he's getting older and whatnot, he's slowing down. He can still toss a lob pass with the best of them. Does that team listen to him? That'll be the that'll interesting be a thing, question because yes. that's kind of been something that's followed him. Can around. Jeremy Grant and those guys coexist with him? Right, I, I, we'll see. I like Jeremy Grant. Did he go to Denver. Actually? Yeah, he's sorry. Gone. I, I apologize. Yeah, I but but those guys. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Everybody else on the Oklahoma City roster are they going to be able to coexist with what Chris Paul is going to demand out of them? And Denver, Denver. Since you mentioned them, oh, all kinds of pieces. You've got a lot of returning pieces of them. They're mm-hmm. they're they're like the team that kind of ran everybody back. Yes. But they've added Jeremy Grant, and what if Michael Porter turns into be something good? Well, he was Porter was one of the elite prospects yep. out of high school, and he's got talent. There's no doubt about that. So, And they got him where? They got him pretty low in the draft. And so what if can Denver return as that team that went for the one seed? I think they're going to challenge for it. Like I mentioned at the top, I feel like there's three or four teams that – almost interchangeable at the top. So all of a sudden we're 10 teams deep in teams we're interested in watching just in the Western Conference. Yeah. And then you add in, you know, the Spurs of the world. You add in the the Kings of the world. You add in the the war. We haven't even talked about the Warriors because Clay Thompson's hurt. Are there more than two bad teams in the Western Conference? I don't, I don't know about bad, but I think there's, for me, there's three that are, I would say, locks to not make the playoffs. And you're saying the Spurs? I'm, no, oh. I'm saying the Suns. The uh, Timberwolves, the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies. Okay, yeah, I'm probably, you're probably right. Because I think regard. you know the Grizzlies are going to be good, but I, they're well, they're John Morant, John Morant. I think and he's Jaren gonna, Hall, uh, not Jaron Hall, Jaron uh, Jackson. Jackson. I think yeah. they they might have good years, but I could see them losing a lot yeah. of games. All right, well, we were supposed to talk Eastern Conference, and we have still stuck in the Western Conference. It's just it's how crazy it is. Let's what, I, the East, I'm thinking Bucks and Sixers are kind of my Bucks, teams. Sixers, Celtics. Yeah. Will the Sixers make it work with all these? They might be really good defensively, but what does Al Horford really add? Yeah. He's a great player, but does he fit there without Jimmy Butler? The the Heat, I I like Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's a superstar in the NBA, but I think he's a very, very good player. And I think Spolstra is an underrated coach mm-hmm. who, because he had the best player to ever do it, possibly. If yes. you want to argue with me, you can. No, but, but because you have arguably the best player ever to do it and a dream team that 
people don't give Spolster very much credit, but I think he's a really good coach. So let's see what happens down there. And they got rid of Hassan Whiteside, who was just a now with Portland. Yeah. So yeah, I I look at it, and the East is I think much clearer. There's going to be a top tier, et cetera. The Western D- Conference much more murky. Murky, and does a Western Conference team win it? Yeah, because this is the thing. They, you know, Toronto came in and won that thing. So. Yep, so we'll see what happens. All right, we'll come back, wrap things up, get some of our final thoughts. Uh, BYU now up just 16-14. to 14. USF came out with a 14-play drive to open the second half and punched it in from there. So it's 16-14, to 14, BYU leading. They are on their own first series in the second half. We'll get you some updates of that before we go. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on everything else going on as we give our final segment here on the Saturday show on a Saturday afternoon. Talk to you in a minute. This is the Zone Sports Network. It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait, can't can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping things up here on a Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks for hanging along with us, uh, Jake, at the beginning of the show after BYU pregame. Don't forget BYU postgame. Immediately after the game. Immediately after the game. The score right now is? 23-14. to Jaron Hall just had a 29-yard touchdown run. He's been by far BYU's best weapon tonight. And USF just had a wide-open receiver running on the field. Too bad their quarterback threw it five yards they also the, had a free touchdown. Nearly yeah. a return. Yeah. kick return they for a touchdown. They had a free kick return and he fell. But this receiver was three yards clear of any BYU defender, and the receiver's looking inside the quarterback, throws it five yards to the outside. Ouch. So there you go. So uh, don't forget to hang around and yep. catch the postgame show there. And It'll be uh, Jake Scott and Will Snowden breaking it down. Essentially oh, Will's final. so good. Uh, he's been good such job. a good addition to the station, really. Yep. He's been really interested to listen to, and he comes on all the shows. And uh, don't forget tonight. Uh, Utah taking on Oregon State. Yeah, pre-game Thoughts on that five. game? I would expect Utah to handle their business. Yes. But I did expect them to handle their business against USC, and I was wrong. But I think Oregon State is much worse than USC. Yeah, I was so, say, yeah. I was like, here's one thing that USC has that Oregon State has. They have they don't have three NFL wide receivers. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and, a, and a player named Amon St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Amon Ross St. Yeah. Brown, sorry. Yeah. No, I okay. By the way, driven by Reeser Stadium many times in my life on my way okay. to Newport, Oregon. It's Good old a cool little Corvallis is a cool little town, but I wouldn't exactly call, call that stadium daunting. No, it's not. And they they Oregon State's building something. I think Jonathan Smith's off to a good start in his head coaching tenure. Hard place to recruit, but to, he is still, that is a hard place to build a program. He is he is years away from having a consistent yeah. winner. Mike, what what Mike Riley? What he did, did should be he should be given an award. Yes, because he built a program that could win consistently at a place like you said that is just. You think of hinterlands to recruit to in college football. Corvallis is one of the hardest to recruit. Well, to. driving from you, driving from Portland to Eugene it's, is difficult enough. And Oregon has Nike money. Think about not having all of that. True, money. and you probably just fly into Eugene if you're a recruit. Now, flying to Eugene to go to Oregon no. State ain't easy either. No. So, yeah. uh, I think the U's get a big win tonight. I think it should yeah. be a pretty straightforward. Victory. They should roll. All, all right. right. Well, we're wrapping things up here, Jake. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you're you good. there, but. Uh, 
for Jake Scott and uh, Eric behind the glass, I'm Adrian Lizer, and we will be back next Saturday here on the Zone Sports Network. Don't forget all the shows, uh, 6A to 7P and Jazz Network and also Utah State Network and all that. So you can catch anything you need here on the Zone Sports Network. That's, that'll do it for us. The Man Cave Show is up next here on the Zone.